Hello and welcome to This Day Rocks from Vintage Rock Pod, the ultimate classic rock podcast with a new episode released every single day. I'm Paul Stevenson. Thanks as always for hitting play. Now today is January the 22nd and on this day in 1969, Neil Young released his self-titled debut album. It features his enduring classic The Loner and helped to launch his career, although the album never made the US Billboard Top 200 at any point. An album that did do well, though, was Wings Over America by Paul McCartney's Wings. On this day in 1977, it hit number one on the US chart. On this day in 1959, Buddy Holly makes his last recordings alone with his acoustic guitar. The songs included Peggy Sue Got Married, Crying, Waiting, Hoping, and That's What They Say. These rough versions were later overdubbed and released after his death. And today there's plenty of birthdays as well. Sadly, the brilliant Australian frontman, in excess lead singer Michael Hutchins, would have been celebrating his 63rd birthday. He, of course, died back in 1997, aged just 37, though. Also born on this day, though, is Guns N' Roses drummer Stephen Adler. Stephen is 58 years old today. And finally, turning 74 years old, is former Journey lead singer Steve Perry. But for today's main show, we focus on a song that was recorded on this day in 1963. Yes, recorded by the producer wonderful George Martin on this day 60 years ago was the number one hit for Jerry and the Pacemakers, How Do You Do It? But despite it being the first number one for a Liverpool band, it was actually recorded by the Beatles first. Now, this is a fascinating story of how, before the Beatles had even released anything, the songwriter of this song heard the Beatles' cut of it and refused to let it be released. True story. But rather than me tell this story, you can hear it from the songwriter himself. His records have sold more than a billion copies around the world. That's right, a billion copies around the world. And I spoke to him on episode five of Vintage Rock Pod. So here's a clip of him telling the brilliant story behind this song. It is Mitch Murray. You wrote what was supposed to be the Beatles' first single, an unknown band at this point. It was the first thing they went into Abbey Road Studios to record. But when you heard their version of How Do You Do It, you didn't like it, did you? You refused to let it be released. Now tell us the story behind that. Yes. Well, funnily enough, I didn't know this at the time, but they were refusing me at the same time I was refusing them. Um, uh, but the result was damn good for all of us. <laughs> uh, first of all, I, I hadn't... S- signed a publishing contract for this song and uh, once if you do if you do that you don't actually have the control the publisher has that control and so i knew that and uh, and i just i felt it in my water that there was this was a hit it was the end of my first year of of professional songwriting and uh, and i thought this is my best chance and i'm not going to blow it and uh, so that's what happened so with that in mind, um, they had to talk me into letting them try it out in the studio. Think of it, the, talking me into letting the Beatles record them on a song. But of course, it wasn't like that in those days. Beatles were our known group. Mm-hmm. I thought, what kind of a name is that? You know, all sorts of stuff that, that really look uh, in hi- history sort of paints a different picture over the years, doesn't it? Absolutely. So I didn't want them, uh, I didn't want an unknown to do it. I, I really felt the song was a a hit and I wanted a big artist. And in those days, big artists, you're talking about Adam Faith, Cliff Richard, you know, some of those, even Herman's Hermits that, mm-hmm. you know, they're the ones that I really fancied for it. They said, look, 
we'll try it in the studio. And if you don't like it, there's not much we can do about it. I heard it the day after they recorded it. And I also heard the B-side and I thought, well, this is out of the question. It's terrible. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. They deliberately try to downplay it and and not give it their best in order for Love Me Do, what's it called? Love Me Do, mercy, (laughs) Um, for that to be the A-side. And although I thought Love Me Do was pretty catchy, but mine was catchier. And uh, so I was not happy. Anyway, look, I said, no, I can't let that happen. At the same time, the Beatles, uh, who had heard, you know, uh, didn't want the song anyway, and um, and George Martin had given them the same deal, really. If you don't like it, we won't put it out. And uh, and they said, we don't like it. <laughs> now, um, Brian Epstein loved it. George Martin loved it as a song. I mean, not necessarily mm-hmm. particularly that, that version. So, um, and Brian said that, uh, he said, look, he said, I've also got the second biggest artists in liverpool uh that's jerry mars and jerry and the pacemakers would you let them try it i said yes all right but the same yes he said same the same deal anyway when i heard that i thought oh yeah where do i sign that was a fantastic record he made he had a terrific presence uh almost like an american presence where you really hear the 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 the, the voice right up but you also hear the background, everything's clear, and the drums and the bar and the piano and all of that. And I thought, this is perfect. This is just what I wanted. Even though he's unknown, he'll, he'll have a hit with us. And he did, number one. Meanwhile, uh, Love Me Do came out. I probably got to number what, 15, 11. I have no idea. <laughs> Not the sort of figures I like to deal with. So <laughs> Terrible. Anyway, um, but it worked out really well for all of us because the Beatles, Love Me Do, went into the charts. I got the first number one, the first Liverpool number one, which is How Do You Do It, had number one before the Beatles. And um, and I also got the follow-up, and I started my career through that. 
The Beatles got Love Me Do, and I, I think they did quite well after that. And uh, George Martin was happy because he got two big hits out of it. He got Love Me Do and How Do You Do It. And um, then 30 years later, the Beatles version that they had done that day came out on Anthology One. Money! I was going to say, yeah, did, did you know about that in advance? Did you know that was going to happen? Uh, there was always talk about it. And I thought that would be great because it's extra money. You know, the stuff, the song had earned its money as a as a hit with Jerry and the Pacemakers and, and various cover versions around the world. And that was a big, and by that time, the Beatles were selling albums and records. You know, if it would have come out with the Beatles, it would have been all right. We wouldn't have proved anything and I wouldn't have gone any others. So I wouldn't have had Jerry's follow-up and I wouldn't have had Freddie and the Dreamers. You know, all of these things wouldn't have wouldn't have happened. So that was the beginning of it. And I'm sure I talked too long about it. The brilliant Mitch Murray there. You can hear the fascinating full interview with Mitch on episode five of Vintage Rock Pod. And as you'll have heard, he's one heck of a storyteller as well. He's got more great stories of the Beatles and other big names from the 60s too. So check it out. Anyway, that's it for today's episode then. I'll be back tomorrow with more on this day rock goodness. So until then, take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.